I took the lead. Where's a good station? Somebody's heart. Glorious. Glorious. Amen. Guardians of Grace. What's wrong? Welcome to the Guardians of Grace podcast. Relax. You have found the right place. We're here to serve. Join us. Holding to pure grace. Again. Relax. Join in with us. Listen on. Be blessed. Hello, everyone. Fenders of Grace. Another edition of the Guardians of Grace podcast. My name is Bill, and I'm glad to be here with Guard Dog Steve. Guard Dog Steve. Guardian of Grace. Amen, brother. Good to be here. And I had a good conversation with guard dog Mark. Oh, wow. The other day. How's he doing? He's doing good. He's had a a lot of traveling in the summer. Had had a few things that slowed him down. I heard he had surgery. That would be one of them, yeah. Yeah. But he said he's doing good and he's going to make another trip to the studio. Amen. Amen. We miss him. Yeah. James chapter 2. Verse 12, for some reason, it's on my mind. So should we make up a story like somebody emailed in or, or <laughs> met somebody on a plane <laughs> they brought up? <laughs> the plane story. The plane story, yeah. You got total coverage. You can, you can make yourself out to be the... Savior of the world with the plane story. I was sitting next to a person. They had questions. It is the most impossible thing to fact check. Yeah, yeah. No, but I, I just had in me to look at James chapter 2, verse 12. Speak and act as those who will ju- be judged by the perfect law that gives liberty. Is yep. that it? Yep, the perfect law that gives freedom or liberty. Speak and act as those who will be judged by the perfect law that gives liberty. Now, people would say, see, James is a legalist. James is a legalist. But if you understand that he's in perfect harmony with Paul and that they're both talking about the same thing and that they were both talking about the same thing, that Paul in Romans 7 was talking about a principle. He said, I find a principle that sin is in the members of my body, waging war against my mind and making me a prisoner of death. And James said, if you look in the mirror and you look intently at the perfect law that gives freedom as a principle, it is something that can govern and make your life blossom. Well, it's funny you should say that, Steve, because last week I was on a plane talking to this guy about Romans 8-2. The the law of the spirit of life in Christ has set me free from the law of sin and death. Yes. I remember him just saying, what about James? What about James? What about James? (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's what we're talking about. Were you on the same flight? (laughs) Yeah, yeah. It was me and a couple seats behind you. No, but, but that's... But that you do get a lot when you when you talk about the perfect law that gives liberty. 
nobody knows the meaning that that has. That James and Paul are both talking about it once as a law of dynamics, and then both of them talk about it as a judicial law. James says, speak and act as those who will be judged by the perfect law that gives freedom. And, and Paul says, to those who are without law, I am like someone who is without law, yet I am under the law of Christ. Paul is saying, I'm under that law judicial system as well. And I just think it behooves us to find out what they're talking about. Because it has a lot of meaning. In James, it is overlooked. But that is one power-packed phrase. Speak and act as those who will be judged by the perfect law that gives freedom. It means so much to you and I as a Christian being under grace. We're actually under the law of Christ. And we need to know what that law is all about and how to speak and act as those who will be judged by that perfect law. So I think we should get into it. And I think we're going to see more harmony between James and Paul. Absolutely. Those guys are in sync perfectly. And James just uses words and phrases that are predicated on having an understanding of the new covenant lingo. You don't, then... In other words, James is saying, speak and act as those who will be judged by this perfect law. That's got meaning, and it's an awesome meaning once we unpack it, so that's what we'll do. Yeah. James, Paul, and Guardians of Grace in a perfect love song coming down in three-part harmony. Are you are you making a three-dog night reference, Bill? <laughs> Yeah, I stole that. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. It sounded good. It sounded good. But, but they, they are. They do it, harmonize. They do harmonize perfectly. That's the first point we want to make, is that James and Paul are in perfect harmony, and so are the Guardians of Grace, I guess. I would say so. Do you want to go to James first, or let's see, I'm, Romans 8 first? I'm thinking that we made a reference to Paul in in 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 21, where Paul said to those who are not under law, I'm not under law, yet I am under the law of Christ, what it means to be under the law of Christ, under that judicial system, which Paul is alluding to. So I almost think we should really nip it in the bud and go to 1 Corinthians 3, and then from there we can show all the examples of how they're talking about this idea. But let's throw the idea out there first. So we're going to see what it means to speak and act as those who will be judged by the perfect law that gives freedom. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Or as Paul said, the law law of Christ. And also the law of the spirit, spirit of life. life. Yeah. All three saying the same thing. Yes. Yes. In okay. harmony. Three part. <laughs> okay. So first Corinthians three. Okay, I got it. First Corinthians three ten, just a little background. 
apparently in the church in Corinth, they're arguing amongst each other, childish arguments, sort of, about we follow Apollos, we follow Paul. So Paul says, listen, verse 10, by the grace God has given me, this is how we're going to build the church. This is how the church is built. So by the grace God has given me, that's key, foundation of grace, I laid a foundation as a wise builder and someone else is building on it. But each one should build with care, for no one can lay a foundation other than the one already laid, which is Jesus Christ. Verse 12. If anyone builds on this foundation using silver, gold, or costly stone, wood, hay, or straw, their works will be shown for what it is, because the day will bring it to light. It will be revealed with fire, and the fire will test the quality of each person's work. If what has been built survives, the builder will receive a reward. If it is burned up, the builder will suffer loss, but yet he will be saved even as one escaping through the flames. Do you not know that you yourself are God's temple and that God's spirit dwells in your midst? And that God's spirit dwells in your midst. Isn't that the foundation of the guardians of grace? Uh, just the way we roll, talking about Christ in you, the hope of glory, and Christ in you, the hope of blossoming as a Christian? That's what the spirit is synonymous with the three building materials he mentions earlier, silver, gold, and costly stone. Those are not perishable, meaning they're spiritual. They're redeemed, meaning they're spiritual. They're refined, meaning they're spiritual. They've been tested, and they survived the test. Yes. As opposed to the other building material that we can build with, called wood, hay, and Stubble, I think, was the other right. one. Right. Those are synonymous with what? Human effort. Human effort. Flesh. The origin of those words is from human effort and determination, trying to please God. And as Jesus said, the flesh counts for nothing. And anything that the flesh does counts for nothing. It usually causes more harm than good. So there's a picture here, really. No one builds a building and then throws gas on it and lights it yeah. to see if it, it's a good building. Right. It's a, a picture to see if it survives. Yes. If it's built on spiritual, wouldn't that be the same thing as the law of the spirit yes. of Christ? Yes. When he says quality of each man's work will be shown for what it is, that's the same as speaking and acting is those who will be judged by the perfect law that gives freedom. In other words, building the foundation, which is giving Christ the credit for what he rightfully does through you. So it's the quality, is it? It's either spirit quality or human effort quality. Yes. That's the test. Yes. And that's what the, the prophet said. I'm making a new covenant with you in which I'll place my spirit in you and it'll do for you what you can't 
do for yourself. That's the whole, that's the cornerstone of the new covenant, understanding that the Spirit is in us for a reason to do for us what we can't do for ourselves. Because we can't pass this test. Because we can't. By ourselves. We can't pass this test, and there's actually a, a, a judgment. It's a judgment about rewards, what rewards you'll get or what rewards burn up. Works of human effort are the works that burned up. I like that, that, though, that he did add that he himself will be saved. But he himself will be saved. That's an outstanding point. It's an outstanding point. It means everything you built got burned up. Yeah. Because and there's a lot of people in the church that toe the line and walk like upright as upright can be and honestly believe that it's their determination to do so. And it'll be like the people that said, didn't we play a dirge from you? And didn't do we do miracles in your name? And Jesus said, depart from me. I never experienced you. I never knew Literally, you. I never experienced you. Yeah. But he does know them. He does know them. And loves them. And it's it's cool to see that each man's work is judged and not each man is judged. Exactly. That's why it says, and he will be saved. Yes. The man will be saved. We're talking about your works being judged. And it's the same thing. First Corinthians 3, 10 to 16 is saying the same thing Jesus himself said in John chapter 3, and I think it bears looking into. I think it bears looking into. And and we will. I just want to make one more point, Steve. Okay. I think it's telling that, that Paul said, when he was talking about people judging him, and he said, stop judging other people and the works they do. And then he says, I don't even judge myself. But that doesn't mean I'm having spiritual works. He says, it's the Lord that judges. So wait for the proper time. So as you're going through your Christian life, don't get caught up in thinking, was that spiritual or was that flesh? Was that my flesh decision? No. That's a good point you're making. You can just get bogged down in in that. But we're not supposed to. Just go through life. Go through life. Depending on the Spirit. Mm-hmm. And the Spirit shows up. And praising the Spirit, giving Him the credit for, for what the Spirit can only do. Okay, so let, let's try and make our way over to John chapter 3. Okay, I'm at John 3.16, which doesn't have to be read. Right, everybody knows that one. Here I go. John 3.16. I'm going to read all the way through until you tell me to stop. Okay. And then we want you to stop in verse 21. God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whosoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. Whoever believes in him is not condemned, but whoever does not believe stands condemned already, because they have not believed in the name of God's one and only Son. Think character when you say name. Mm-hmm. This is the verdict. Okay, let me stop you right there. He says, and, 
he says, they're going to be judged. And then he says, this is the judgment. And for the next couple verses, he defines the judgment that we're talking about. Okay. Verse 19, 319. This is the verdict. Light has come into the world, but people loved darkness instead of light because their deeds were evil. Everyone who does evil hates the light and will not come into the light for fear that their deeds will be exposed. But whoever lives by the truth comes into the light so that it may be seen plainly that what they have done has been done by God. What has been done has been done by God. You see how it says, but he who practiced since the truth comes to the light, comes running to the light, those are the same people that are speaking and acting as though they'll be judged by the perfect law that gives freedom. Those are the ones that are saying, it's not me doing it, it's God in me doing it. Those are the ones, the ones who are practicing the truth come to the light readily because they're under no illusions about who gets the credit for the work. They know it, the credit goes to God, but the people who that it says hate the light don't come to the light because they know their deeds will be judged. Isn't that exactly what it says? Their deeds will be exposed if they come to the light so they want to stay in the darkness, but there's going to be the day of light that comes in in 1 Corinthians 3, where he said the light will show what sort of work is done, what sort of deeds is done in your body, whether it's a spiritual sort or a human sort. So this passage is saying this is the judgment. We're going to judge everybody's works And the people who did all the works in their human effort will not want to come to the light because they'll be embarrassed. And the ones who knew rightly to give the credit to God will come running to the light to watch those works burn and produce gold, silver, and diamonds. Just a firm foundation. That's the same thing that Jesus said in In Matthew, when he says, be a doer of the word and not a hearer, a doer of the word is like a guy who built his house on Jesus. And the forgetful hearer is like the guy who tried to build his house on human effort. It's all trying to tell us the same thing, that it's Christ in you is your hope of glory, not your determination is your hope of glory. I'm thinking of that proverb and I can't remember exactly which proverb it was, where it says, a furnace for silver and a crucible for gold, uh, or it might be a crucible for silver, but a man is judged or tested, which the same word here is used, by his praise. Yeah, I remember you quoting that a couple podcasts ago. So gold tests silver. Yes. Which is fire, and the crucible Mm -hmm. tests silver. And gold, both are fires. Yes. But a man is tested by his praise. In other words, what you just said, the, what a man praises or what a man gives credit to, to or what a man relies on, the perfect law that gives 
liberty is a man that is tested by his praise. He's the one that says, thanks be to God. He's the one that says in, in Psalm 92 that praises God for his faithfulness, praises God. That's a person that is tested by his praise. He knows who to give credit to is built on silver, gold, and costly stone. And at the end of the day, he says, praise be to God. Praise be to God. Thanks be to God. He knows who to credit. That's what stores him treasures in heaven. When Jesus says, build up yourself treasures in heaven, they talk like it was about doing good deeds, but it's doing good deeds in the power of the Spirit, not in the power of human effort. Let's look. Let's go over to Acts for just a second. I'm going to start in Acts 3.11. But let me, before you do, let me give a little background for this passage. This is a a person who was at the gates of Portico. He was lame and he was trying to get healed. To make a long story short, Peter healed him and everybody was amazed. So go ahead, Bill. While this man that Steve was talking about was begging, it says, While the man held on to Peter and John, all the people were astonished and came running to them in the place called Solomon's Colonnade. When Peter saw this, he said to them, Fellow Israelites, why does this surprise you? Why do you stare at us if by our own power or godliness we had made this man walk? The God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and the God of our fathers has glorified his servant Jesus. You handed him over to be killed, and you disowned him before Pilate, though he had decided to let him go. You disowned the Holy and Righteous One and asked that a murderer be released to you. You killed the author of life, but God raised him from the dead. We are witnesses of this. By faith, In the name of Jesus, this man whom you see and know was made strong. It is Jesus' name and the faith that comes through him by means of him that has completely healed him, as you all can see. Do you see how they said, people, 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 it wasn't us who healed this guy. It was God glorifying his son right in me. His son is in me, and his son healed this. The faithfulness of his son healed this. The faith that comes through him, it said. The faith that comes through Jesus. Not my human determination to believe I can pull off a miracle, but the faith that is spiritual, that lives in him, did this. That is a classic example of speaking and acting as those who will be judged by the perfect law that gives freedom. Just simply saying, it's not me, it's Christ. Praise be to God, not me. Praise be to who? To God. To God, not me, because I can't heal anybody. He clearly says that it was the faith of Christ in him that healed this man. It didn't come from us. It did not come from us. You know, it's kind of a side note, but how if you read the passages in the New Testament that talk about Paul's conversion, and it seems to be this outward thing, right? Yes. That Jesus came and knocked him off his horse, his horse or camel or whatever it was. 
and he said, I'm Jesus whom you persecute. But if you read in the book of Acts, I'm, I'm sorry, not the book of Acts, but Galatians 1, it says that when God was pleased to reveal his son in me. Yes. So he's talking about the outward Jesus being revealed. The inward him. Jesus being inward. revealed. Inward Jesus being revealed in Paul. That's the hope of glory. That's the hope of glory. Christ in us. That's yes. who produces the silver, gold, and costly stone. That's whose resources get the job done. Say that again. That's who makes the costly gold, silver, silver. gold, costly stone. Yes. Okay, let's just jump to, to Revelation for one second and see if that's not exactly what Jesus himself said. So, Bill, just start in Revelation 3.16 and read the next two verses. Okay. Hand me that NASB. Okay. I'm getting wet from all this water down at the NIV. <laughs> That's funny. That's funny. Water down. No, sometimes I like the NIV. misses things. Okay, Revelation 3.16. Talking to the Laodicean church, right? Yep. He said, Jesus says, because you are lukewarm and neither hot nor cold, I will spit you out of my mouth. Because you say, I am rich and have become wealthy and have need of nothing. And you do not know that you are wretched and miserable and poor and blind and naked. I advise you to buy from me gold refined. There's that word again, tested. Mm -hmm. By fire that you may become rich and white garments that you may clothe yourself and that the shame of your nakedness may not be revealed unveiled and I salve to anoint your eyes that you may see isn't, isn't that what Jesus said the anointed one God has anointed me and I've come to save Heal the sick and to heal the blind. And you think you're rich, but you're rich in wood, hay, and stubble. It means you're blind. You're not seeing that it's Christ in you storing up those treasures in heaven. That's why it says, I counsel you to buy for me gold refined by fire and salve for your eyes because you do not see the activity of God. You just see how well men are doing. Yeah, and what is that ISAP? It's the spirit. the spirit. It's the spirit that opens the eyes of our understanding. Isn't that what it said in the prophecy of the new covenant? You'll not have to teach? Oh my gosh, Steve. Mm -hmm. In Hebrews 8 and Hebrews 10, but he, Hebrews 8 more completely, but it says that no longer shall a man teach his neighbor to know the Lord, which was what they did in the old covenant? Yes. And it was a yada in the Hebrew, meaning to experience the Lord. Yes. You don't have to teach someone to know the Lord. For the new covenant, they all shall know me from the least and the greatest. Different word for know there, though. Yes. It's, yeah, do. Yeah, he do. To, in the Greek, to see. Because this part isn't in the uh, They will Hebrew. all see me from the greatest to the least. In the new covenant, they will all be able to see me. That's why Jesus was recommending that 
those people who thought they were rich and had need of nothing to get salve for their eyes so they could see that it was Jesus in them. And that's how you speak and act as those who will be judged by the perfect law of liberty. You look to see Christ in people. Amen. That's He's it. in there. That's what the, it's the foundation of this new covenant that we're under. And it is the way that you're, the only way that you are judged. It's all about rewards and how many you'll receive. It's good news. Jesus said to the Laodicean church, you're naked. That's the same thing it said. You're not clothed with Christ. Yeah, that's the same thing it said in 1 Corinthians 3. Yet he himself will be saved as yet through fire. He'll it's the be same saved. thing He'll Adam be said naked. in the garden. He'll be naked. I was naked yes. and afraid. Right. So, Bill, if you'll hand me my NASB, I'm going to show another classic, classic example of Paul speaking and acting as those who will be judged by the perfect law that gives freedom. Or as Paul said, I am under the law of Christ. Here's uh, it's in 1 Corinthians 15, starting in verse 10. But by the grace of God, I am what I am, and his grace toward me was not in vain. I labored harder than all the rest, but it wasn't me laboring. It was the grace of God in me laboring. Man, that last part of the sentence is so important. Yes. I worked harder than all the other apostles. I would stop there. Right. But he didn't. No. But it wasn't me. But it was not me. It was the grace of God in me. The power of the Holy Spirit in me. If he did stop where you said somebody would stop, then they would need sap for their eyes. If they couldn't see God doing the activity because it's a good activity, knowing that all good is done by God, then they can't see God's activity. And here's the thing. Under this new covenant, we can see the God of the universe if we have this salve for our eyes and we're not blinded to the fact that he is working through people all day long, every day. You can see his activity constantly. For years, I didn't know it. But now I see God all the time, and it's just, it's a blast to wake up each day and see how many times you're going to see God during the course of the day, and how many times God is going to speak to you through somebody else during the course of the day. But it's all predicated on us knowing the intent of this covenant that we're under, that he puts his spirit in us to do for us what we can't do for ourselves. And from the greatest to the least, we can all see God. And what you just said is in such a practical way, knowing that he's supplying the grace, it reminds me I was, I work with the middle school kids at, at my church. We were doing a passage on Elijah when he called down for fire yep. and then he ran from Jezebel and he kept saying I'm the only one I'm the only one I'm the only one Right. and God corrected him and 
first the prophet corrected him and said, now there's a hundred, I put 50 in each cave. He yeah. still kept saying, I'm the only one. Right. And he said, no, I, I reserve a thousand, seven thousand. Seven thousand. Who have not bowed their knee to Baal. Yes. And if you look at it, he's saying, I'm the only one. Even back then, God was saying, no, it's not you. It's the grace of God. I've I've reserved 7,000. I'll supply the silver, gold, and costly stone. I'll give a generous supply of the Spirit. You can do all things through Him who will give you the strength. The strength is his, the Spirit's power. And He showed him, He said, here, here's this. It says the word of the Lord came to him. It says the angel of the Lord came to him. And it gave him water and bread. All, all leading up to this, it was so amazing. God says, I'm going to cause a drought, but I'm going to send you to the river and the ravens are going to feed you. I'm going to sustain your life with food and water. Picture of the spirit. That dried up. And then he sends him to a widow's house. And he says, I'm going to su- sustain your life. Yes. yes. And he gives him bread and water again and sustains his life. All praise goes to God. And then the boy dies. But God says, no, I'm going to restore life. Yes. And he stores him back to life. Then he says, go to Ahab. And then God does this amazing thing. And this one lady named Jezebel says, I'm going to kill you. Right. And all of a sudden, just those two words overturned all the miracles he'd seen, all the all the faithfulness of God he had seen sustaining his life. And he says, I'm going to die. I'm going to run for my life. Right. Because I'm going to die. And then God spoke to him and said, you're not going to die. I'm sustaining your life. And by the way, you're not the only one. Right. I'm supplying everything I need to get the job done as a prophet as a prophet that you'll need to do. Yes. You're working harder than all the other prophets in your mind, but it's it never was you. No. It was the, the grace of God in you. You ran that 40-day trial. 40 is a picture of mm-hmm. trial, mm-hmm. but it wasn't you, you that right. did it. It was the bread and the water that I gave you. The bread and the water are a picture of the body of Christ and the Holy Spirit in you that gave you the energy to outrun everyone and save your life. Yes. yes. He outran chariots. Yeah. Yes. Awesome. And he outperforms us in, in our determination. Because it's not us. And it never was us even in the Old Testament. They no. just didn't know it. They just didn't know it. That's what the Old Testament was there to reveal. That's why Jesus said, all those scriptures in the Old Testament testify about me. Because it was him doing everything. Those scriptures are testifying about Jesus, and so many of us think they're testifying about the character of Joseph or the character of Moses and how we should have that character, too, when it couldn't be farther from the truth. It's testifying to Jesus in Joseph, the excellent spirit in Joseph. I love that. Me, too. Joseph had an excellent spirit. Yes, and it's by the Spirit that we get these things done, and it's the Spirit we give the credit to. Even Abraham, at the end of all his catastrophes, was able, God was able to work enough faithfulness in Abraham that he was able to, even though he wasn't required to, sacrifice his son. Because he reasoned, based on all this faithfulness that God has shown me, 
he could bring him back from the dead. Yes, the activity of the spirit became operative and not dormant. Took a lot of years, mm-hmm. but it happened. Yes. And it's exactly the same that, that Peter said in Acts 3 that we were just reading about earlier. About Don't look to me as if this power, this, this spirit came from us. It was the spirit of Christ. It was the faithfulness of Christ that you saw heal this man. That's what you really saw. That is what you truly saw. You saw Jesus go off in Peter. So let me ask you something, Steve. Yes. What does it mean then that speak and act as those who will be judged by the perfect law? It's it's the same thing as what was said in John chapter 3, those who practice the truth. The truth of the matter is, is it's not me doing all the good. It's Jesus in me doing the good. And me speaking about it is practicing the truth. I just tell you who really did everything that can make a person proud. It's Jesus in me. I never changed myself and became this exemplary Christian. It was always the power of the Spirit in me. That's what it means to speak and act as those who will be judged by the perfect law that gives freedom. And once you get turned on to this idea, you can see it all through the Gospels and all You're through. You're not afraid of the light. Right. To discern who's doing the, the effort, the energy in you. Yes. Is the source of the energy. Is it flesh energy or is it the Spirit's power? Yes. And it's what the Hebrew writer, whoever he is, yeah. Remember in Hebrews 10, right at the end, he says, don't throw away your confidence because it has great, what, reward. Yes. They were tempted to go back to human effort, weren't they? Yes, and Paul said... And persecuted. Paul said, we put no confidence in the flesh. We put confidence it's in it. the spirit. Don't throw away your confidence. We glory in Christ and put no confidence in the flesh. Yes. And then he goes on to say, if anyone should put confidence in the flesh, could I, be me. Yeah. I'm, I got I'm quite the resume. Right. But I don't. I you know what he called his resume? Dumb. Yeah. Yeah. That's the King James, I think. Dumb. Yeah. Yeah. Scubalon. Scubalon. That's the Greek S word. Yes. That was a classic example of Paul speaking and acting. He said, we do not glory in the flesh, but we glory in the spirit. Paul said, are you not so foolish? Here I go again (laughs) with my verse. Are you not so foolish after beginning with the spirit? Are you now trying to attain the goal by human effort? You would be a fool to, and you'd be a fool not to give God the credit because that's practicing the truth. The truth of the matter is God does it in you through you and for you. Let's let's say it in different words, Steve. Okay. Are you so foolish after beginning building with silver, gold, and costly stone? Are you now going to the wood, hay, and stubble pile? Exactly. To complete this building? Good analogy. Good analogy, Bill. <laughs> Are you stupid? Yeah. Literally what he says. Right. So we're hoping that phrase that James said, which people use as a source of pure legalism 
turns out to be a, a phrase that liberates you in the covenant of grace, puts you on a track where you rely on the grace. We give God the credit for the grace he gives us because he is giving us the grace and we depend on that. The more we praise him, the more we learn to depend on him. Amen. And have we got one more example, Steve? Okay. But I'm looking at the time. Mm-hmm. We can't do it justice. So we're, there's going to have to be a part two. Oh, amen. But when we get to this, and yeah. it's in Revelation, and everyone knows it, I yeah. won't say it. Okay. I think it's going to blow your mind. Yeah, yeah, you're when right. When you see what it's really saying and how it actually harmonizes mm-hmm. with Paul in First Corinthians 3. Yes. You're going to look at that verse in a, a whole new light. And hopefully you look at James in a whole new light, too, because James is right on. Him and Paul are just so totally in sync with each other. It's not even funny. But with that in mind, I guess I'll close this in prayer, huh? Okay. Father God, allow us to to get a handle on what it means to live under the new covenant, to live by the power of the Holy Spirit and not the power of our human determination or the burden of our human determination. Allow us to realize we live by your power and we just tell the truth when your power shows up. We just say, it wasn't me. It was the power of God in me making me shine today. It wasn't me. It was the power of God in me making me shine today. That's practicing the truth, Lord. So, We will not practice the truth unless you cause us to practice the truth, Father. So I'm asking that you cause each and every person listening to this podcast to have an epiphany. And an epiphany that changes them and causes them to speak and act as those who will be judged by the perfect law that gives freedom. Whereas Paul said, the law of Christ. The law of the Spirit of God. Through Christ. Yes, Father. Allow us to realize that we depend on you. That's why we praise you. Allow our praises about you to teach us to depend on you and not put any confidence in our human nature. No confidence in our human nature. Lord, I ask you to cause these things. And it's in your son's name that I ask you to do so. Amen. Amen. Good night, everyone. Good night. Love you guys. Love you guys.